Hello, and welcome to the Data Cloud Podcast. Today's episode features an interview with Paul Kresser, Deputy Chief Information Officer and former Chief Data Officer of the City and County of Denver. Prior to this, he held leadership positions for the City of Boston. In this episode, Paul talks about how he uses data to help run Denver, how shifting to the cloud helps municipal governments, how data can lead to better managed cities, and so much more. So please enjoy this interview between Paul Kresser and your host, Steve Hamm. Paul, it's great to have you on the podcast today. Thanks, Steve. It's really my pleasure to be here. I'm excited for our chat today. Yeah. Now, tell us about the government in Denver. I understand you have the city and the county government, and they're kind of combined there. And also, beyond that, what are the major governmental initiatives that are underway, and how is data supporting them? Sure, absolutely. So City and County of Denver has kind of a unique organizational structure where we are both serve the municipal function as the city, but we also serve as the administrative arm of the state, so the county function as well. Mm-hmm. So in our form of government, those two are unified. So it's called a unified government, city and county together as one. And what that really means practically is that we deliver all the services one would come to expect from a city, such as you know, we have our public works department, we, we call it DOTI, Department of Transportation Infrastructure. We have you know, our planning development departments, all the public safety functions as well. But then we also have those county level functions that we provide or services that we provide as well, such as the Public Health Authority, uh, Human Services Department, and of course, our Sheriff's Department. So it's really what it means is we have a large breadth of services that we're responsible for providing. And from an IT perspective, it means a whole host of agencies that were responsible ensuring that they're empowered and enabled to deliver those services. So, yeah, so as an organization, Sydney County of Denver's, we have about a $2.6 billion operating budget across all of our appropriated funds, and that is supported by roughly 13,000 full-time employees. When we talk about the major government initiatives underway, actually our mayor just gave his final state of the city address not too long ago. Go. He's actually in the final year of his final term in office where he laid out our priorities for, for this remaining year. And they're, they're sort of bucketed into a few categories. Kind of chief amongst them is ensuring both housing and economic justice in our community, real emphasis on addressing the impact of climate change investing resources around better policing, uh, reducing gun violence and fighting fentanyl that sadly exists in our community. And then finally, investing in the children in Denver. So collectively, there's a lot of work that data is supporting, directly supporting in those initiatives. I, I can speak quickly to one in the better policing and fighting fentanyl area. We're really, we've We've pulled teams of data analysts together across multiple agencies, whether they're in the public uh, public safety agencies, folks on the GIS teams that my directors lead here in our central IT department, technology services, folks over at health and human services and elsewhere in the city to kind of form a task force that is pulling all these data sources together to identify where both public safety hotspots and public health hotspots exist. And they're looking at dozens of different variables to identify 
those areas so we can concentrate our resources in at, at those identified hotspots. Oh, well, that sounds really cool. You're taking on so very complex issues, these social issues like homelessness, like climate justice, these other things. Really uh, very difficult to, to figure out exactly what's happening and then figure out what the right response is. So I think it's great that you guys are using data to help you go at that. Absolutely. We're proud of yeah. efforts. Yeah. Now, I understand that you are, you're behind Denver City and County's data strategy. So what's the strategy and what challenges and opportunities are you seeking to deal with using data? Sure. So our data strategy is actually directly supports the mission of the department in which I work, technology services. And that department's mission is really, it's quite simple. It's to improve city performance. And we've identified the four pillars by which we organize our tactics around improving city performance. So those are organized around reliability, which for us means technology works as expected, innovation, which we translate as technology improves operational performance, access, which is technology connects customers to information and services, and finally partnership, which is forward thinking collaboration with our customers. So we, we obviously recognize data our data, well, our data, the city and county of Denver's data and information assets are really the key to helping those departments deliver exceptional city services to our residents and constituents. So we really want to empower them and enable them to take advantage of these incredible data assets that we own. So our data strategy very much mirrors the department's mission. We're really focused on trying to provide not just technology, that, that's actually the simple part. We want to really provide the access to the data, the frameworks, the strong governance, all the tools and expertise that comes with it and it's required for those city agencies to be able to fully leverage their data to deliver those exceptional city services we're seeking for our constituents and residents. Yeah, yeah. Now you worked for the city government of Boston for eight years and now at Denver. What's the status of cloud and data analytics adoption in municipal governments overall kind of and in Denver in particular? Yeah, Steve, it's, it's a really exciting time to be in this space, specifically working in city government. So I'm proud to say that Denver's pioneering spirit is showing through here. We are a very early adopter, I would say, relative to some of our peers in this space in really leveraging those cloud and data analytic solutions. You know, we are not afraid to take some chances here. I wouldn't say we're risk takers, but we make informed decisions, which allows us to, you know, take some chances. And if we're going to fail, we're going to fail fast and we're going to move on. And we're fortunate to have the full support of our CIO and administration, who really is encouraging us to be an innovation leader in this space because they recognize we're always going to have challenges around resources, whether that's human capital, so our staff, or whether it's financial resources. So we you know, have to work smarter, not harder in that capacity. So these types of cloud data analytics solutions allow us to do that. And we're excited to be recognized as a national leader in the space when it comes to our adoption of these types of tools. Yeah, yeah. Now, I know that you have, you've rolled out an enterprise data hub. Tell us about that. 
Absolutely. Yeah, we're really proud of this achievement. So it's been roughly a three-year journey for us from when we identified our or our enterprise data hub platform and the architecture that was going to support that. And for the past three years, not only have we been rolling out the technology associated with it and ingesting more and more data sets, but we've been building the team's capacity to support it because that that's the key. The technology is actually the, the easy part here. It's having the skill set, the, the correct members on your team, the institutional support, and, and most importantly, the culture that's needed to take advantage of a solution yeah. like this. Yeah. Now, I would imagine that recruiting talent and organizing data teams is a big challenge for cities. I mean, you don't have you don't have the big bucks that the tech industry has to pay people. So how do you go about recruiting and retaining and just really getting the teamwork right? You're absolutely right. It, it is a perpetual challenge for us. Um, but for that matter, it's, it's a challenge for anyone that's in this space. These data professionals really, you know, all organizations, hopefully by now have recognized the value and the importance that analytics in really being able to leverage their data has done for their organization. So we're all in the market looking for more talent to support those efforts. We've taken a little bit unique approach here in Denver relative to kind of the traditional data team model that may exist in other cities. We're very much focused on the data team in our central IT department, technology services is really focused on providing the platforms, building out the governance structures, the frameworks, providing the the educational material, the resources to enable the data analysts that exist in the department. And as I mentioned before, there's over 200 of those in our departments. We believe they will always understand their data better than we will in the central department, in the central IT department. We want to enable them to help unlock their data for them. And we do that by trying to break down the barriers to the data, primarily around access. And that's where Tools like our data or platforms like our data hub are so important. So we've consolidated all of our data engineering, the data architecture, data architects, our data privacy and protection team, the the BI analysts, those all exist on our central data team and technology services, but the analysts themselves actually are in the agencies and we really are trying to push a self-service model by which they have ease of access to the data they need to do the analysis that they're being expected to perform by their leaders. So we're we're no longer in the business of trying to create and run reports for agencies. It's much better and much more sustainable for those who understand and work with the data the most to be doing that. We just need to enable them. So but we get we have great tools. You know, I, I refer to them as toys when I'm doing interviews with potential candidates that we get to play with. And that certainly is an attraction as we try to recruit and retain talent that we get to work with some of the best technology in the market right now. Yeah. 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 I mean, I remember years ago, I mean, it seemed like city and IT, you used to always hear about disasters, expensive disasters. But it seems like in recent years, cities have really gotten much better at managing IT. I would like to think so. Yes, we've matured, <laughs> we've matured a great deal. Yeah, yeah. Now, I was I was peeking at your LinkedIn profile, and I saw that you said you're focused on data-driven decision-making. 
And I typically think of municipal government decisions as being primarily driven by politics. So, you know, there's a little bit of a friction there. How do you deal with it? Are, are politics an issue or you just kind of put on the blinders and go and go straight past them? Sure. I mean, it, it would be naive for me to say that politics are not a, a variable at play, right? But I overwhelmingly will say that I, I do think it's a common misconception that municipal government is strictly or very heavily driven by politics. My experience here in Denver and prior to this in Boston was we're trying to do good work. There are thousands of city employees trying to do the right thing day in and day out. And by and large, they're relying on data to help drive and inform those decisions. You know, I would say actually the, the friction I deal with much more in my capacity as or former capacity as chief data officer at city and county of Denver um, was the friction that exists from people wanting to do good, wanting to help residents or constituents, but us not being able to allow them to do that because of certain data regulations or, or restrictions on data use associated with the data that they were trying to use. So for instance, trying to take a benefit information that may have been collected for one purpose and, and offered for a different purpose, it may not be allowable under the regulations by which it was collected. So it, those are tough conversations to have too. So you've been working in governments for quite a while now. When you look back at your career, what are the most important lessons that you've learned along the way about managing IT in cities? How are you putting the, that knowledge to work in your current role in Denver? Sure. Well, actually, the best advice I ever received, I didn't receive over the course of my my work career is actually something my dad shared with me at a very young age that I, I've tried to live by, which is it's important to remain rigidly flexible, not uh -huh. flexibly rigid, but rigidly <laughs> flexible, because in, in this in this space, flexibility is key. The variables change so quickly that if, if you're too tied or, or too dependent or too invested in something that you can't adapt to the circumstances, then you will it will really be a challenge for anyone trying to make meaningful change in this in this environment. So so I try to maintain flexibility at all time, obviously within reason. And then it's it's simple stuff, right? Don't start too big. Don't try to boil the ocean, start, start small with objectives that are actually achievable and that will demonstrate value amongst your leadership. And it's really, and I can't emphasize this enough, it's really enticing, especially in the data space, right? We, we're, we have vendors approaching us all the times, promising the next big thing, just do this pilot with us, you know, and you won't believe what the return will be. And yeah, that, that stuff's important sometimes and it's great. And yes, you'll probably get recognized in a, you know, industry publication or something of that nature, but it's, it's totally unsustainable and it's not long-term making the meaning, meaningful, deep changes at the institutional level that are needed to really support the transformation that you'll want to achieve as an organization. So here in Denver, we're really focused on 
building that solid, sustainable foundation that's grounded in good data governance practices. You know, we want to inform by data our data literacy efforts, and then we want to give our practitioners in the data space the opportunity to really gather and share their experiences together because that that's where a lot of the learning takes place. Now, you've you've talked a little bit in the last couple of answers about kind of governance and policy and those kinds of things, and I know that you're a good governance guy from way back. So you have this central IT, central data, controls, rules, governance, and then you, you, you provide tools and you try to give the data scientists out on the edge a lot of freedom. So, but there's a tension there again, too. So how do you, how do you kind of improve data governance and security kind of in a centralized way, but also give people the freedom they, they need to do their jobs? Yeah, it, it's a balance for sure. Steve, but I would always err on the side of more governance is, right, right. is better than less, especially with the data, the type of data that municipalities or any any you know government organization for that matter deals with. You know, we we touch it all, whether it's you know criminal justice information, payment card data, HIPAA. We, we deal with highly sensitive, highly protected, highly regulated data sets. So it's really key. It's really important that we have the strong governance practices in place. And going back to the our data hub, we, we could have rolled out our data hub much quicker than we have. We've intentionally have gone slow so we can build in those strong data governance practices within the process. So we will not ingest data into our data hub until we go through a, a very robust checklist, ensuring that we have all the you know right stakeholders identified, the data stewards identified, that they're clear on what their roles or responsibilities are for maintaining the quality of the data and that they understand what they are and are not allowed to do with that data. So it's really key to have those formal governance processes in place to have forms by which you can communicate these just to ensure from a compliance perspective that we're adhering to all the proper rules and regulations. You know, I see that Denver has more than 50 departments. How do you manage data across all those agencies? So we we rely you know, heavily on our data stewards and our data practitioners in our agencies to to apply our governance processes and practices. So we've stood up and we've fostered and nurtured what we call our Denver Data Core, which is really kind of our center of excellence, center of enablement, whatever term you want to use for those practitioners to come in to communicate, to share, and to learn from each other. And it's an opportunity for us from a central perspective, and specifically for our data protection officer here at the city and county of Denver to keep people informed and abreast of all the rules and regulations from a compliance perspective. So that membership is very astutely aware of their duties and responsibilities. And then for all the data that we're ingesting within our data hub and making available for consumption across the city, those data stewards have an awesome responsibility to ensure that that data is maintained, that the quality is maintained, and that they are able to answer any questions any of our other analysts across the city may have around that data. And then finally, we're fortunate 
here in Denver to be supported by mayoral executive orders, which actually give us the authority and the power to enforce these governance steps that we're taking. Now, I want to talk about the cloud for a minute. When and why did you in in Denver start using modern data cloud technologies like Snowflake, and how are you using them now? Sure. So our journey began roughly four years ago, and it was born out of the realization that the current technology, our current model was no longer sufficient. It was no longer working to meet the demands, the analytic demands we were expected to provide from our agency partners. So they were looking for solutions that could offer near real-time capabilities. And we were running reports that would take, you know, batch jobs overnight and the the data wasn't handy. It wasn't a, we couldn't make this, couldn't serve them the data soon enough, right. For them to be able to actually make near real-time decisions off of. So we had to explore other options and the market at the time had matured to the point where these scalable elastic solutions existed that could offer those near near real-time information. So our vision, our initial vision for our data hub was really to create a one-stop shop where those 200 plus city analysts could access, analyze, and share their data. They were frankly tired of having to wait sometimes weeks after they put in a data request for us to grant them access to those data sets. And sometimes Steve, honestly, they didn't even know what data we had available because we had no true inventory or catalog at the time of all of our data assets. So fast forward to today, we've come a long way. We have a much better grasp on our data. And we're actually in the process of selecting and soon to be implementing the data catalog solution that we really think is going to enable those type of self-service, self-service analytics um, we want to promote uh, across the city. So are you using like a marketplace type platform for, for the data catalog or how does that kind of work technically and then also from the, from the user point of view? Yeah, so the the data catalog solutions we're looking at right now it's a, you know they're really a data it's really a data governance platform the data catalog is is a feature of the governance platform right but the the vision is that those you know 200 data analysts across the city will be able to access a portal the data catalog by which there will be an inventory of all of the data sets that are available to them based on their roles so we from a from a information security perspective we apply role based access controls across the city so we've applied those role based access controls to our data sets as well so based on the role that those analysts are in they will have all data that they're entitled to by virtue of their permissions. Oh, that's that's cool. So so when they look at the catalog, they only see data that they have access to. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yep. That makes total sense. So you talked about culture a couple times in our conversation today. And I understand that you're using these modern cloud technologies and methodologies to drive cultural changes in your department. Talk to us about that. Absolutely. So these these technologies, as I I think mentioned in a prior answer, they're 
people want to use them, right? We use them to attract talent to come work at this city and county of Denver. And they recognize the power that they offer them, especially, you know, as far as the analytic capabilities. So we're actually using that in some capacity as leverage with our agency partners to ensure that they are mature enough from a data governance perspective to use these type of technologies. So again, we before we ingest data or make data available to the analysts, we go through a series of checklists and, and even attestations on their behalf, ensuring that they recognize their duties and responsibilities as relates to the use of this data, that they will only use it you know, responsibly and ethically, that we have the data governance processes in place to ensure data quality. And we've used that to help to, to frankly help mature the data literacy and the data capabilities in our agency partners. So they are prepared and able to take advantage of the type of functionality that these modern tools offer them. Now, we've talked in the, in the podcast today about a lot of the activities you've done in the last three or four years there in Denver. Let's look to the future now. What are the major data management trends that you see emerging over the next year or so? Sure. So, Steve, more and more of my time, and I'm sure this is the, the case for others in the public sector right now, we're, we're spending a lot of time talking about that regulated, protected, and otherwise sensitive data that we spoke about earlier, right? So it, it is key from a data management perspective to know what you own, where it exists, and who has access to it. So, so, so much of our discussions, and this, this again, of course, comes back to our data governance practices are, are centered around identifying what we have, where it resides, and who has access to it. So I, I really see those data governance platforms, especially those with the data discovery and classification feature as being really important in this respect. So, you know, we have GDPR in the European Union, CCPA in California, Colorado itself recently passed its own Privacy Act. I think we will see more and more types of legislation like this, perhaps, and I, I hope even at the national level, some, some more federal guidelines as well, so we can all be consistent in adhering to these types of regulations. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I see the future. Fascinating modern age we live in. Is this what the future holds? Now, I'm going to ask you to put your visionary cap on for a minute. Looking out five years or more, how do you see data transforming government operations and even society? Yeah, so I, I think that transformation's already begun and in earnest for that matter. I mean, we, we can talk about the traditional smart city activities, but I, I would rather actually go back um, to what I stated earlier about my department's mission, which is to improve city performance and the, the heavy reliance our agencies have on, or dependencies our agencies have on data to make that happen. So, you know, five years ago here in Denver, we were looking at permitting and licensing data and where bottlenecks may exist in those processes to improve performance and cut down on turnaround times or review times for how long it took for a permit to get processed. I see that type of analysis being done 
exponentially now across all of our city functions, right? Really relying on the data we're collecting from our source systems, um, from you know our three one one systems, from you know all sorts of disparate data sources, and then with these modern data platforms we've been discussing today really be able to to do that advanced analytic work and draw insights that may you know previously have gone undetected and i think the speed at which that can occur is only going to increase to the point where we'll be able to use you know ml ai capabilities and technologies to pretty much make real-time decisions, whether that is route optimization of a public works vehicle or a snowplow during winter months, if it's constituent calling into our 311 call center, being able to instantaneously pull up all the interactions we've had, not just from a 311 perspective on that constituent, but across all the city agencies to have a really informed view of the customer, right, and be able to deliver better, quicker, faster services to them, and maybe even to be able to preemptively address what we would expect them to be contacting us on. So I, I really see that's the direction of where this is going. We we have such a wealth of data and information in, you know, I think collectively, most CDOs in my position across the city, we would say we're only just beginning to scratch the surface of what's possible with it. Yeah, I, I love that vision there of preemptively figuring out what people are going to want. I mean, if, if cities can identify needs or gaps before the, the people start squawking about them, right? you eliminate squawking. <laughs> Wouldn't that be beautiful? Well, yeah. Uh, <laughs> right. I think people will always love to squawk a little bit about yeah. government, though. Yeah. No, I think, I think so. Human nature. <laughs> I think you're right. For your information, there's a lot more to ogres than people think. Really need to dig deep and get to know the real you. In the real up close and personal. So we we like to end on a lighter, more personal note. And I understand that you love airplanes, airports, and travel. You've got these models of aircraft and photos of airports in your office. What's this all about? Great question. So I've I've lived a very privileged and fortunate life where I've been able to travel quite extensively. So my my mother was a flight attendant for 40 years, which afforded us the ability to travel when I was young. And with that just comes the benefits of exposure to so many different cultures, different ways of thinking that you might just not normally, you know, most people are not actually fortunate enough to experience. So I feel you know, very privileged in that respect, and just the freedom that comes with hopping on a plane and traveling. So my office is, as you stated, very well represented when it comes to airline memorabilia. I joke, some of it, yeah, is even borderline collectible. So maybe it will help fund my children's college fund one day. That's funny. That's great. That's great. Well, you know, it's been great talking to you. And I really, you know, we don't talk to government people that often. It's usually business people. So it's kind of nice and refreshing and different to talk to government people. And I and I think Denver and you, you have this very kind of crisp mission to use real-time data to make just-in-time decisions that maximize limited resources to deliver better and more consistent services. And I think that is a is a mission that's great for cities and that would be great for 
for any company, uh, the way it thinks about its employees, the way it thinks about its data, and the and the way that it, it thinks about its its constituents or customers. So, I really I really feel like there's been some wonderful lessons in the conversation today. So, thank you so much. Thank you, Steve. I really appreciate the opportunity to talk to you today. The Data Cloud World Tour is making 21 stops around the globe so you can learn about the latest innovations at Snowflake's Data Cloud at a venue near you. Join your fellow data leaders at one of our full-day events to network with Snowflake customers and technology partners, attend educational breakout sessions, and learn how to drive more value from your data. Find an event near you at www.snowflake.com slash data dash cloud dash world dash tour.